conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right. Good morning, hospitality. What's up, everybody? How are we doing today? What's happening? Happy Monday. Happy good Monday. morning. Well, afternoon. I always forget. Good morning, afternoon. Same thing, right? For at least us three during this time. All different hours. Still feels like morning. <laughs> I love it. Well, how's the week? Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Had some exciting news that we'll get. We'll talk about in a little bit, but. Yeah, it was a, a fun week and have some some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. 
Yeah, sounds awesome. Can't wait to can't wait to hear the news for the first time ever. <laughs> how, about, how about you, no, Mr. Ross? No, I'm all good. I'm good. I was getting hope that the sun starts shining in here, and I think it stayed in, in your place, Will, because in here it started raining again. Yeah. But uh, besides this, uh, yeah, a lot of things happening. Uh, good to go. We're starting some cool stuff, on, and I'll share the. Well, I can maybe share later today. Let's see. Otherwise, keep it for next week. We're starting some new introductions, cool stuff. So. All good. Awesome. Yeah, my background's a little bit different because the sun keeps shining in. So I got this awesome mural behind me. So we just decided to spice it up today. Um, yeah. But I'm going to say... I don't have this problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, a, it's not a bad problem. I like the sun. It feels good. Um, let's see. Do you guys want to do bid eruption first or what's with the noise? I'm going to let do like a rock, paper, scissors or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right what's uh we got bid rupture report coming up yeah good morning well as you all know we always have really special startups and as soon as i mentioned them they become successful now it's a bit opposite they're already really successful and that's why i'm mentioning them um, so we have a good eye for it. And this one is really special. Um, some of you might heard about them. It's Noiseware. Uh, congratulate uh, Golden and his team and everybody who's working for, uh, for Noiseware. They raised 8 million investments. So well done. Applause for them. And as, as I understood from them, they're actually they, they solving a problem, right? I think it's really important you're starting a company, starting a startup, how it started, that you have a solution for a problem. And I think if you look at the story, of course, you all know that in magnification rentals, there's like there can be a lot of noise, and that's something what they solved. So it's a really nice solution. Uh, of course, if you don't hear about them, check of course the Noise and Wear website. Um, again, what I what I noticed is they saved over hundred billion in in damage in lost rental revenue. So well done. Um, if you want to know more, we have a specialist in this team. So uh, again, congrats for the uh, Noise and Wear team. Um, one more thing I want to mention, next week I'll be speaking at the uh, Skift Summit at the end of next week. It's on the 21st of February, together at Marriott, TripAdvisor, American Express, Hyatt, American Airlines. We're talking about subscriptions and loading travel, so it's really my favorite topic. I'm super excited to speak about it, so uh, tune in as well for the Skift Summit uh, on the 21st of, uh, of April. And again, congrats uh, Mr. Golden and everybody at Noiseware for being the start of the week. But I think more important, congrats with the $8 million of, uh, of investment. Hey, Grandma. So every uh, Saturday morning, I take my boy out to get a donut and call my grandma. So thanks to this show, it's kind of become a habit. Uh, what's with the noise this week? I, I think we're going to take a look at some developments on the hotel side. And uh, one of the, the articles Skift was covering this week was that luxury hotel developments are leaning more towards adding condos to the mix. And what that, what that means for a, a couple of different segments. For the developer, it means they get to sell some of the units faster and, and recoup some of their upfront costs. But it also means that our trends of condo hotels and apart hotels are 
uh, going to continue to happen. And it lends itself to kind of challenge the short-term rental movements that are, are going on. So we've got for the, the hotel brands, now they've got a hotel product and a short-term rental product, uh, as in with kitchens and, and bedrooms. For the owner, they have a, a place to live and a place to rent out um, when they're not there. And then for the developer, again, upfront money is a good thing when you're, you're building expensive, big developments. Uh, and being able to capitalize on, on the sales of some condos early on helps uh, you go and, and take a look at the next project and the next project after that. Sweet. So yeah, it kind of goes into the uh, the topic of, you know, the lines being blurred more and more, part hotels, condo hotels, uh, short-term rentals and hotels blending in more of a cohesive way than comparative, you know, in the, the market of, well, they're not professional or where you want us to be at the table or whatever the, the, the conversation may be. So it's kind yeah. of cool to see that. You've got Sonder calling themselves a hotel and then you've got you know, a lot of these new developments that are either flagged or going to be flagged, building short-term rental products, still calling them hotels. So yeah. at what point is it a short-term rental and is it a hotel? Uh, the lines are continuing to blur. And, you know, as more companies start to do what Marriott does, because uh, it's bound to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. The lines just continue to blur because now you're booking a single family home on Marriott or on ISG or whatever future channels there may be. We might have to think about a new name. What is the mix, right? You got so many mixes always, the Porsche tells and everything I saw them coming by. But uh, let's find to find a new naming for the combination of a hotel and uh, an apartment. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, what... What do you guys feel are the big, if you had to pick one or two things in a hotel or a short-term rental that separate the two instead of make it blurred, what would that be? Is it a kitchen? Is it, you know, like living space separate from other people? What, what is the real, what is that thing that really separates them? Kitchen and bedroom door. Okay. I would say still the, still the check-in part, right? For me, always the, 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 the check-in part is still something which is really, if I think about the hotel, the experience of check-in and concierge and everything, for me, this is still an experience of a hotel. And then the breakfast part, right? It's still the buffet breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> this is so typical hotel. So I think, and of course, the things I mentioned, the kitchen part is obvious. It's the the, the room facilities and stuff. But still, if we're looking at the experience, I think it's the the, the breakfast part and the, uh, the check-in. Yeah. I mean, I've stayed in apartments that are that way. Like they have a check-in and they don't have breakfast for you, but they have coffee that you can make in the fridge and they've got muffins out for you, like in your room. Yeah. So yeah. like taking it from the lobby and putting well, it I saw in the room. Something last week. I think it was married. I'm not sure, but they're starting with some vendor machines, right? So they're actually by Marriott. instead of serving the, the was Marriott, yeah. Instead of serving in the, the, the breakfast, they just go right into a vending machine. So Maybe it's in between. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the best experience. <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, no. I that's yeah, that's like I don't know. It's one of the staples of hotels and hospitality. I think is that either whether it's continental breakfast or 
uh, actual paid breakfast or some kind of, you know, um, you know, make your own waffles or who knows like what the, what that is. But I feel like that's one of the staples of hotels. Like that's kind of what put them, what this really, what that set them apart. Like when they were trying to, like when Marriott and Hilton were going at each other back in the day, like they're, you know, trying to compete and trying to always one up each other. It was always like, okay, what can we do? And then breakfast came in and it just became like the standard. Literally taking the well, terms bed and breakfast, right? Like yeah, yeah. A hotel mm-hmm. is a bed and breakfast. It just mm-hmm. a bed and breakfast traditionally is where the owners live on site. So yeah, I think this eventually would change, and I think people now, especially when there's queuing and uh, putting the same kind of like fork or, or spoon in the same kind of food, especially now with hygiene and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure a lot of people are waiting for this, right? I think more, if you see, I think the, the whole person is that people just put in their plate full and everything, and then that's so much food waste and everything. Mm-hmm. If it depends on me, we go really into more personalization, right? You just order one day before what you want to have for your breakfast, and it will be on the time, on the time you want to have your breakfast. It will be, of course, you can do it in many places already, but I think it will be much more common. It makes much more sense, right? Eating it in your room or maybe even downstairs, but in a specific time, it's prepared what you want to have. Because it's food waste, first of all, it's, I think it's really bad because yeah. a lot of things is like it's all just thrown away and think. So I think yeah. as well what, what apartments could do if they're doing it really well and they have the facilities or even making a deal, Sometimes with a neighbor restaurant, right? And this is also what you can see sometimes when there's a place below the apartment complex and they can, there's a restaurant and you can use their kitchen or they can facilitate breakfast. Why not? Yeah, I think as hotels begin to leverage technology the way short-term rentals have, the traditional hospitality touches like continental breakfast or even a mm-hmm. check-in go away. So... There's easy ways to make a check-in virtual, right? You send a key yeah. code or number and send a concierge book um, like Hostfully has. Yeah. Or, and then the food piece, yeah, you have a special deal with the bar across the street or the coffee shop next door or whatever. Uh, I think uh, that's when things start to really get blurry, when hotels mm-hmm. just up look like short-term rentals have operated and and they're really taking a a bit of the playbook away now the challenge is how do you keep traditional hospitality in it and as you were talking you know order your food the night before i'm just thinking bed and breakfast right you you before Mm -hmm. bed the, the house owner says you know you guys want eggs for breakfast like scrambled over easy like what do you want and and that's that, right? That's that's true, fantastic hospitality. Yeah. You, you can't replicate that with technology, uh, at least in my. Well, like this is where I, this is where I've always kind of like, I, this is why I love technology because like um, I, I feel like we have so many manual processes on a property, whether it's a short-term rental or a hotel. I always go off on how the front desk has like multiple checklists that they have to meet that a lot of it could be automated or generated through technology. Mm -hmm. This gives the opportunity. I think with this proper implementation of hotels really can, you know, adopt some of the short-term rental tech that this will allow them to free up their agents or their concierge or whoever is behind the desk of of check-in or guest service and give them the opportunity to really focus on, that experience, not just being, okay, I have to mark off my 20, you know, check marks before 11 a.m. before I switch my other 
checklist for the the afternoon shift or whatever. Um, that is when I think the the difference is gonna is gonna play a big role. Um, I don't know, Ross. You probably have a yeah. a good perspective from all, the amount of hotels that are on on bedroom. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, maybe what do you guys see? Well, with I want that? to come back to this technology part. I think this technology is super important, right? If you know, and especially in personalization, loyalty, okay, Michaels, for example, they know that okay, this is kind of the kind of breakfast they always want. And at the end, if you know much more information, you can adjust a bit your kitchen to it. You can plan much better if you know that you're you're uh, so also one day before if everybody has to pick his breakfast one day before you know the time frame. So with managing everything and especially I think related to food waste, I think it's super important if you can manage this better, right? So I think this is important to adjust. And I think if you look at the hotels, you see it indeed the move, right? Either they're doubting should we really include much more facilities of vacation rental or short-term rental. Still, I think they don't, many of them, they just don't want to move in this direction because as soon as they move in too much in vacation rental, they're coming to a different kind of competition, right? And then it's okay, is it branded versus non-branded? Now is it hotel versus apartment? So, and I think especially in Europe, what we discussed before, of course, when most of the, the, the short-term rentals not branded, uh, I think in the US it's a bit different, but so I think as soon the the apartments of the, the hotels goes more into vacation rental industry, I think it becomes this branded versus non-branded. So this will be a completely different kind of discussion. So I, I think especially in Europe, maybe it, I think vacation rental is still more popular, I think in the US, to be honest, branded ones. So I think yeah. it, I think they are starting. The, if the chains are starting, they might start a bit earlier in the in the US because they're just more and more people asking for it, and they might do it a bit later in in Europe. Yeah, I I think I saw an interesting post by somebody yesterday that, that said like, "Are you a traveler or are you a vacationer?" And hmm. if you know the difference between your guest types. The vacationer wants things super easy. They they want breakfast at their door or downstairs. They want to relax. They want a bar, you know, right next door on site. The traveler wants to explore the breakfast tacos when they're in California or Texas, or explore the, you know, Danishes when they're in Scandinavia, right? Yeah. So I, everyone like you, you take an honest look at who your travelers tend to be. And if you're a beach market in Florida, it's probably more the vacationer than the traveler. But if you're a, yeah. a boutique apart hotel in, you know, South Beach, then maybe it is more of a traveler, somebody who wants to get out and explore. So I, I think every every hotel, every short-term rental needs to have that honest conversation with them of who do we typically attract? Why do we attract mm -hmm. them? And what do they want? Not, well, great. This new piece of technology can give everybody a guidebook when everyone just wants food at their door. They don't care where they go. They just want to chill and unplug. So yeah. I think it's, it's interesting to, to see um, what's going to happen there because customers self-segment themselves. Well, I well, think that the blur, there are more blurred lines because of the technology. I think that's the reason. Also, if you're looking at concierge, for example, which was in the hotel, this is something replaced by an app from the uh, from the notification uh -huh. went right. Many of them they have an app where they can facilitate, they have the information about the location, etc. If you're looking at food delivery, for example, before it was okay, I just hotels useful because I can have a room service. Now, in this case, you just have the Ubers and the uh, delivery. So. 
this is already replaced as well. So I think because of something that technology changes, I think that's why there are more blur lines and it's come closer to each other. And again, what I said, for example, in hotels, always like, okay, you can have a room service. Uh, maybe some of them are delivered that the Uber eats to the, your hotel room and the end in the apartment, you're always using an Uber. So at the end, this is more first, you had to go out there to get your food and, and still an apartment. Okay, you've got your kitchen. How many people really go out there for shopping, right? And really cook in their kitchen. It's more convenient, especially with the family, right? So I think at the end, hotels who want to target more families, yes, they might go more into the combination, right? Have the facilities there. There's some, if you got kids, maybe one of these large, you want to cook something specifically or the baby girl has to go to bed. You know, all those, you know, well, Michael knows all those situations as well. So this is then is more often it's common to, there's more, and especially when you target families, it makes much more sense, of course, to have different facilities and have apartments in your hotel. So I think also hotels are being like this in this more and more. And, and I was looking, for example, some, some, for some hotels, maybe later this year, um, and then you're looking at the rooms, right? And still, even in massive hotels in really places for families, then it's just still normal hotel rooms, right? It's just still, so of course, they might be a bit bigger, but I think eventually you'll see that the change, uh, yeah, they all adopt and it's okay. If we really want to target families, um, we might go more in this alternative accommodation, the space, the kitchen and everything. Um, I think yeah. the real experience could be done. If they can deliver, sorry to interrupt, but I think then if they can re-deliver it still because you have the kitchen, as soon maybe vacation went to go into this full package and you can have even shopping already arrived in your apartment, for example, before arriving. I think it created a completely different experience, right? So maybe this is already there, but... I, I think I'm just... A lot of times in short-term rentals, we ignore the fact that there's this thing called extended stay hotels that have mm -hmm. kitchens. Why does it feel like people don't use them, mm -hmm. right? Like I've stayed in them before, but they're just kind of sterile environments that yeah. are typically on the outskirts of town. Um, they're not they're not prime location. They don't really have the cool coffee shop next door. They don't have um, you know, every single room is the exact same, and it just doesn't. It feels like you're in ex in an extended stay hotel. Uh, and I think, I think long-term, you know, I'm, I'll pose this question to both of you guys, but five years from now, 10 years from now, there's going to be the Saunders of the world and franchises that focus exclusively on apart hotels in, in good locations, good design, good technology. And really we're, we're kind of starting from scratch again, with the exception of Saunder, they're they're the only multinational apart hotel company that that I can think of. Um, I mean, you've got the the Four Seasons that have residence clubs and Ritzes have residences, but mm -hmm. it's it's just not 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 quite the same. And I, I don't know exactly where the distinction is, but those lines will be blurred, and these apart hotels will be hotels, but they're going to feel like cool trendy apartments well my like my, my so this is a there's one here in washington state where um it's not a part hotel but it's a pretty much a, a developed neighborhood that's all short-term rental homes they're all multi uh, single family homes but they're in like a big development which has built a community with inside they have you know a couple pools a couple like pizza restaurants and coffee shops and kite you know, stores and all these certain things. I've literally built like a, basically a city 
do you think this is something that is going to be because that to me definitely separates apart like the obviously it's a it becomes like a short-term rental neighborhood um compared mm-hmm. to a condo hotel or a part hotel um do you think something like those will become more popular as the the time goes on because i, I think any like that's the thing with apart hotels and condo hotels is that they're so much like a hotel like they are so mm-hmm. much like either a, a, a small room. There's no, like you said, a golden, there's no door separating the, the bedroom and the kitchen for some of the suites or units. So do you think something like a short-term rental neighborhood or a short-term rental development, uh, other than a building going up more going horizontal, um, would be the big differentiator for short-term rentals and hotels? Well, some of these already exist. Like you've got reunion down in, Florida that is a vacation rental neighborhood, like yeah. one of the biggest in the world. You've got Palmetto Dunes in Hilton Head. You've, so these things do exist. What uh, I think will be more interesting, like we've talked a lot about flexible housing on the show. Yeah. And today we've only talked about flexible housing in short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. What does flexible housing in single family homes look like? Uh, that that's something I don't know if anybody's explored a, a neighborhood like you're talking about that actually encourages people to live there, but they can also maybe spend three months a year there and then three months a year somewhere else and three months a year somewhere else. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, and you can have equity building in your house instead of just renting, uh, and, and burning the cash that way. So, yeah, I think that's an interesting, I really haven't thought about flexible living for single family, but it could be an interesting topic to explore. Yeah. Well, just just uh, this, this blurred lines, I think also is still the blurred and still a difference. It's like short term or long term or now midterm kind of stay, right? Because I know people around me, they have several apartments in Krakow. Of course, tourism is, is, is limited and they're asking me, okay, should I still keep it on Airbnb or should it go for long term? And I think that eventually, like, if you have the property ready, I think if the, and then as you go to technology, because we were choosing, right, are they going to, I'm going to prepare it for, for long-term or short-term. It can be used for both in many cases, right, or even mid-term or whatever. So I think also when the technology is out there, it's okay, find the right balance, also in revenue management, and, um, and make it much more easy, right? If you want to rent something for two months, you don't have to do difficult contracts, take over the energy bill and everything. So I think there's also that the second thing is like, and then you might have what 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 Will said, okay, maybe you have neighborhoods, some people stay for three months, some people stay for a few nights. I think that's pretty cool to have this mix and this balance. One yeah. year ago when I went to, to Silicon Valley, I stayed in Menlo Park. It was an apartment complex and it was majority of the people who work there work for or Google or Microsoft or Facebook, or not Microsoft, or Facebook. Um, because it was all nearby and it was a needed mix. There was like, there were tourists, there were some uh, shared facilities, right? There was a common space, you can get some coffees there. So there are a lot of people who worked there maybe for half a year, they had to do a specific project there and it was full with people who just had to go there for work or travelers. And so it was a really nice balance and mix, which was pretty cool and also, uh, so I think maybe that will be next, indeed what you said, maybe next phase is okay, where the, the blur lines, you might see in the long-term, mid-term and, and short-term rentals, maybe mixing and blurring as well. Yeah. Well, I hope they also blur with uh, co-working spaces. I hope they start becoming, it's we're going to have so many, so many blurred lines that everything's just going to be I watched this, uh, the documentary on WeWork uh, over the weekend, and you know they tried a, a We Live, like a co-living space, yeah. Um, super interesting to 
see some of the interviews of, of people that lived there after the fact. But I, I the model makes sense. It, it is super niche, I think, the co-living concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-working is fantastic. Like I'd actually met one of the guys that was interviewed quite regularly with WeWork because he was working on the We Live product and, and I was chatting with him for a while. But the the whole concept of sharing an office and having facilities that you can use all over the world. I've been in WeWorks in New York and Amsterdam and Spain and London and Miami and San Francisco, like Mexico City. Like the access to that brand and being able to just to go in and have an office space, brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure it directly correlates to, to living or to traveling, but you, you have a trusted brand, you have easy access, you have some sort of relationship, whether it's financial or, or other with the business, and you can you know, access these rooms. This is you know, down to, to back to Ross's business model, the subscription. The, mm-hmm. the reason I think Michael's onto something and, and it's coming is that the, there, there isn't a big enough footprint right now in apart hotels for a subscription. But with more and more Saunders of the world coming up, I mean, Saunders announced they're going to do an IPO or, or at least explore that pretty soon. Uh, the more they come up that way, the more a subscription makes sense. Like if my company can get me a Saunders subscription, they're pretty much in every city sans maybe one or two that I travel to for, for work. So it makes sense for the company to have a Saunders subscription, right? So I think there's, and then if the company pays for my Saunders subscription, I can also use it myself mm-hmm. for personal travel. So it becomes uh, a really cool perk. Um, certainly a, a little diatribe there, but the future could be super interesting. And part of that's a franchise. And that's a bit of the seeing as well, but just to, to add in this, we see that some companies are taking the bedroom subscription because it's say they don't travel, but the end is also benefit for their, for their own experience, right? For their own stay. Maybe to add, I think it's also what you see is like Revolut. I know we know Revolut, the, 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 the FinTech company, pretty popular in here in Europe. They actually now they just announced that two months per year, their employees can work from anywhere over the world, right? Of course, they have to pay by sell, but they really facilitate and pushing this remote work. I think there will be more. I was looking at this, like actually makes sense. We, we could do the same, right? Just like okay, maybe a few months per year, just work whatever you want to work. We had it last year already, right? We had employees, it's okay. I just, right before this, you moved over for two months to Spain and work from there. Super productive, and it's it's for them, it's, it's nice. So I think this will be a new trend as well. And then you see that place is also the combination of what the ideal combination of a merit uh, together with WeWork and those kind of things makes sense, right? You're just working from a place, you have great co working facilities. At the end, you just have a great place to stay. Maybe we work should also just check, okay, can we work? Maybe we're more with the Saunders of this world. Okay, they have some facilities. But I think that this this move, and I think this is a company who did it already, I think it will be more common. I think we will push those things as well. So then you see indeed the mix of like you want to have a more you don't want to stay in a hotel room for two months, right? You want to have some space. If you want to cook once your own breakfast, you want to do it. But the other hand, you want to have great working facilities. So there's a lot to, there's a lot happening. It leads the question to you know, Sonder is way ahead of everybody else in terms of volume and 
valuation, all that on, on the apart hotel model. So it lends a question to private equity roll-ups, right? Um, and why they don't start rolling up a, a UK brand, a couple US brands, a Spanish brand, and and have a similar footprint as Sonder and take it public and mm-hmm. make a billion off of it. That that also reminds me, we weren't wrong about the vendors merging and a- a- acquisitions. So <laughs> Getty and IBR last week uh, yeah. completed an acquisition. And so we were just one week premature in pulling that <laughs> statement. Just want to flag it. We were right. Uh, you know, I think we, we threw the flag at one week too early. Yeah, we were right. We're just, yeah, we were uh, maybe over reading our cards. We didn't trust ourselves because we've been, you know, called Lifehouse. Lifehouse has been killing it. So uh, I think, you know, we got a good track record and maybe just off on timing, you know, COVID and 2020 and 2021 has kind of been a weird. Anyway, so. we're yeah, fine. we're fine. Yeah. We're and then all the funding that's been happening is, is quite, um, quite good for the space, but it does certainly make M&A more challenging the more. Yeah. Funding you oh, yeah. On, so. mm-hmm. yeah. Be interesting. Awesome. Well, See you guys next week. That was a pretty good episode. Uh, I think I'm going to leave this question to the audience. We do have uh, quite a few viewers actually right now on the live. So I'm uh, just saying, where do you think the lines blur or don't blur? What separates the two? And what do you think the future is going to hold with a condo, hotel, apart hotel, anything like that, short-term rentals, hotels in, in general, lodging, travel, subscriptions, you name it. We have tons of stuff that we've covered, investments, mergers, acquisitions, um, you can check out all the previous episodes on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms. You can check out all the live streams and we'll see you guys again next week.